<laughs> Amen. Um, if you'll turn in your Bibles, we'll just get right into the Word today. Amen. And um, the um, I just I, I I felt like that we had a a need for this message today. Amen. And uh, you know we sing the old song. And I like to sing it. It's nothing wrong with the song, Standing on the Promises. And, uh, but I like to, you know, sometimes, um, the word promise, uh, in English, it is an English word, but sometimes, uh, the word promise gives us a little bit of the wrong impression as if it's something that's coming, something that's, uh, in, you know, the future that has not been fulfilled. And so I like to say that we're standing on the fulfilled promises. It's not any longer a promise of something to come, but it's 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 actually used the word promise there would be more like uh, a fulfilled promise, like you have a promissory note, like with a with a piece of real estate or whatever. It's a it's a contract. It's it's a done deal. Amen. And um, uh, it's something that you are. Uh, promising to fulfill. Well, really, the entire Old Testament and Old Covenant is a, a declaration of promise. It's it's about what's coming. And uh, I, I noticed one time I was worshiping along years ago. It was very popular uh, to sing a lot of the Old Testament songs. Um, and, um, and that trend kind of, it was a trend that kind of, kind of um changed and there's that's great man to sing the psalms or some of the some of the proverbs or some of the scripture isaiah you know singing those words about what is to come but somewhere along the line we need to interject that that's all been fulfilled so i had mentioned uh to some friends i said you know, what does those songs, because we'd go to conventions and there was a time when that's all they wanted to sing was Old Testament Jewish sounding, culturally Jewish sounding songs. I said, what does that give you faith for? And uh, they're looking at me a little strange. I said, well, it gives you faith that the Messiah is coming. <laughs> but I said, the problem is he's already come. And so we need to sing and talk more about what he has completed and finished than what's coming. And uh, so, you know, thank God there was the promise of the Savior to come. There was the promise of the price of sin to be paid. There was the promise of being of having redemption in this world. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. Uh, you know, we used to sing that song, Lift up your head, redemption draweth nigh as if redemption comes when we pass over into heaven. But redemption came at Calvary. Redemption came when Jesus died on the cross and is ours to walk and live in and put us into that spiritual promised land. Amen. And so a better song would be living in Canaan's land. (laughs) Amen. Egypt's behind us. And... um, just, you know, not being, not trying to be, uh, just, what do you, you know, just, just over, uh, analytical here, but, uh, and, and picking at all the songs. But, you know, we need to sing the victory. We need to sing the finished work. We need to sing who we are in Christ and talk about who we are and what has happened. That's that old hymn we started with today, Blessed Assurance. We used to say we would sing Blessed Assurance. And then preach blessed, no assurance. You know, you, you just never know. You know, maybe that one unconfessed sin kept you from the you know, blessings. It's so ridiculous. So uh, somebody said, well, you're not one of those preachers that believes in eternal security. And I said, well, you know, it sure beats eternal insecurity. You know, how you know, could we ever have some confidence that what Christ has done is enough? You know, or do we have to keep adding to it? And the problem is, I sometimes feel like we're, we're the greyhounds chasing the fake rabbit, you know, in the racetrack. Uh, the dogs don't know, no one's told them that they'll never catch the rabbit. It's, it's the, it's a futile, but boy, you gotta give them an E for effort. 
The problem is that if you keep moving the goalpost, you never, you never, it's like you never get there. And so the problem with, with, with dead works Christianity, um, and even, even our own fleshly works of righteousness, just doing the right thing compared to the righteousness in Christ is as filthy rags. (laughs) <laughs> and boy, that's a hard one to swallow, isn't it? Because you want to do the good things and the right things and the holy things and live a holy life. And that's good. Amen. I, I'm there with you. I want to live a life and make my decisions that I make in line with what God would want and God's will. Amen. And God's holiness. But keeping in mind the whole time that none of those actions buy us one drop of redemption. It was only and all by the, again, the song we sang, the blood will never lose its power. That's where the victory is, folks. Can you say amen? Uh, so we're, we're standing on, instead of saying standing on the promises, we're standing on the finished work of Christ today. And there's your foundation. Because what are you going to do when your flesh flares up and you do something you wish you hadn't done. Well, if you're not careful, you become, how many know what you become? Romans 7, you become, oh, wretched man (laughs) that I am. The things I wanted to do, I didn't do. And the things that I should do, I don't do. And who shall deliver me from this body of death? And nothing seems to ever work right. And I can't make it all happen at the same time, you know. I used to think if you could ever... Organize your house and garage and everything and have everything finished at once on the same day. Wouldn't that just be fabulous? And, uh, after I'm 66 years old and I'm still on the quest to make that, you know, happen. <laughs> Amen. If you're OCD today, you won't like that. But, uh, I, uh, I just think that, you know, our, sometimes our, just our best efforts, and we just never quite achieve perfection in this world, but we sure can achieve completeness in Christ. And nothing broken, nothing missing, uh, in the spirit realm. God looks on the heart. He looks at our spiritual life. And, um, the Bible tells us man looks on the flesh. God looks on the inside. And if we can start seeing each other with the eye of faith instead of the flaws that we, Oh my, I thought that, I thought Sister Ledbetter had a, you know, she's Ledbetter and everybody. Sister Ledbetter. Sister Ledbetter, I thought she, I thought she had an attitude today. Did you see her little attitude? Yeah, well, she needs to get that under the blood. Now that's Pentecostal talk for shame on you. But, um, we, 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 uh, the more that we can stop looking at people after the flesh, and look at them after the Spirit and know them by the Spirit, uh, the happier we will all be. Okay. Ephesians 6. Is there a scripture in our future? Praise the Lord. Amen. Ephesians 6. And... Um, You know, if, if you're, if you've been a part of this church for any length of time, you know that, uh, there's two chap, there's two or three books here that I just prefer. <laughs> One is Galatians, where Paul is on a rant and a, ra- a rage. <laughs> and then he calms down and somehow gets his PhD in theology by the time he gets to Ephesians. And uh, Ephesians is one of the most beautiful, if not the beautiful, most beautiful book in the New Testament, because it explains the mystery of Christ. Amen. And by the way, can you say this? The mystery that is referred to here is not Israel. The mystery is the church and and God's uh, work in in the life of the believers. Amen. There's the mystery. And by the way, it's no longer a mystery. It's been revealed and it's in the Word. So anybody that preaches, you won't get this mystery by reading Scripture. You have to have it revealed in some weird way. That's unscriptural right there. 
In fact, it's her- heresy, to be honest. So praise God. I won't get off on that because you know where that goes. But um, uh, thank God for the book of Ephesians and for the revelation that Paul had while he was writing this. Mm. All right, verse 10. Finally, my brethren and sistern. <laughs> Got to make it politically correct, right? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, uh, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Notice again, all of them. All the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, all this, this that's your spiritual armor, and this is not going to be a lesson about that per se, but all of those things, items, are provided through redemption in Christ. You don't have to go try to put all this together and, you know, get uh, sheets of steel and hammer it out and try to make it, you know, some way happen. It's, uh, that's facetious, but I'm saying you don't have to, through your flesh, try to build this on yourself. And some of this can be taught wrong and, and with the wrong approach to teaching, and you end up with trying to make this happen for yourself. You need to claim that this is yours. You have been given, when you got saved, you were given this suit of armor. These are your tools. And sometimes we don't even know that we have this. And sometimes we know we have it and we forget we have it. <laughs> when life gets a little funky. Anybody ever had a funky, come on, you know, a funky week? And you go, wow, this is uh, just really exciting, isn't it? <laughs> or like I've said, sometimes you feel like you're at, you're at hell week at uh, West Point or something. You know, you're going through the <laughs> a terrible time. But uh, that's the time to get in the Word. Amen. And uh, I, I, I used to go with my dad as a small boy. He'd go, you know, visit some people in the church. And uh, I remember going to this one guy's house. This was in Augusta, and uh, he's sitting on his, you know, he's discouraged and down in the dumps, and so they wants the pastor to come, you know, drag him out. So he's sitting there on his sofa on his coffee table and got the Bible uh, on a doily open to the picture of, you know, consecration picture of Christ, and uh, I'm noticing that. <laughs> And uh, the guy's got his elbows on the table, and he's going like this. He's not looking at the Word. He's not even looking at the consecration picture. He's just sitting here going like this, going, no. It's very negative. That means no. Now, the only place that's ambiguous, head, head shaking, is in India. Because, you know, this means yes in English-speaking nations, and this means no, and I don't know what this means. See, because they, you know, anyway, but he's not doing anything positive. He's sitting here with his hands in his head. And I'm thinking as a kid, well, maybe you should get your elbows off the Bible and put your eyeballs on it and get out of the religious painting section and get over to some scriptures. Amen. And uh, read them and read them out loud. And claim them and put your name in there, like uh, Pastor Scarlett has taught us. Put your name in the love walk. Put your name in the faith walk. Put your name in the victory part. Put your name in I'm an overcomer. 
and write it in there. Even take it and write it. Now, if your Bible's too holy to write in, go to the thrift shop and get a used one that's beat up and uh, a little bit. They say most people with beat up Bibles uh, don't have beat up lives. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if the Bible's coming apart at the seams, you're probably not because <laughs> it means you're, uh, you know, you're, you're in the Word. Amen. This poor Bible, I have hauled it around the world and beat it on pulpits and banged it on top of people's heads and doing all kinds of things. And Jerry Lee's, uh, glued it together more than once and it's now it's coming apart again. Praise the Lord. But I don't mind it coming apart. I just don't want the pages to fall out. And then I go to preach and this, wait, I'm sure there's another chapter here, you know. I think one time I lost an, the entire book of Mark fell out. It was, <laughs> you know, you know, because they put them together like, sew them and you know whatever that whole thing came out somewhere on a train or i don't know where ah every now and then good it's just good to yell um <laughs> yeah help yourself right um so I wanted you to see that, again, that all this is available to you by the finished work of Christ, by the shed blood of Jesus. It's, it's paid for. It's got your name on it. It's, it's, it's custom made for you. It's, it's only for you. Somebody else has got their custom made armor, and this is the armor. And so it, I love the part that it says you may be able to quench all all, all means all, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Because, boy, sometimes you just can hear them zinging by you. And the devil says, now the next one's going to get you. This next, this next downturn in the economy is going to take you out. This next, uh, pandemic, they're already planning the next one, you know, the pandemic plan. The pandemic department in Washington. They're already planning the next one or two or three. And, uh, well, that last one didn't get you, but this next one will. I mean, this is the lies that the devil shoots, the, the darts. Well, that last diagnosis that you received. Now that's, that's the bad one. That's a really bad one. You know, I used to have people come to me and say, well, I've got this disease. You know, they named the name. You know, one, one person came and said, well, I've got ALS. Which is, uh, Lou Gehrig's, you know. I got, you know, anybody that's ever been healed of that? And I said, well, I'm sure somebody has been. Cause it says in Isaiah 53, he bore all our sicknesses, all of them, all of them, not one, not, except for ALS. It's a real bad one. You know, you know. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to get that. Whatever you do, you know. Well, of course you don't want to get that. You don't want to even get a, you know, fungus on the toe, but. You know, the, that's not the point. The point is Jesus paid for all of it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So it says all of them. Yeah. Well, and then the devil's such a liar, liar, friar, pants on fire. And he says, well, this next one, you know, da, 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 you, know you just have to tell him to shut up. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to hear from you. Go away and don't come back other days either, like rain, you know. All of them. And you remember that it's all of them. And when the devil comes against you, you go, this would, this giant shall fall too. I'm a giant killer in Jesus' name. Amen. And an, and an imp remover. Amen. And a, and a dark spirit rebuker. Which means they're not just rebuked, that means they're cast out in Jesus' name. And you get up every day and you declare who you are in Christ and what you have and the devil's a liar and when I did all that, Mother David, I don't feel anything. Well, okay, we're gonna have frying pan night here and bang you on the head so you feel something. You won't feel it long. But, you know, if we went by how we felt, like Brother Hagin used to say, if I went by how I felt, some days I just want to jump off the bridge. But so you don't go by how you feel. You go by the Word. 
Amen. Now, let's, let's continue here, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, here's his prayer, and this is my prayer to the congregation, for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the latest heretical teaching that is popular today. No, make known the mystery of the gospel. In other words, to unveil the mystery. Praise God. The Bible talks about a veil being put over the eyes of uh, Israel, the children of Israel. And so people say, well, see, they have a veil, that's why, blah, 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 blah. No, he says, but when Christ shall come, the veil shall be removed. Well, I, I got some news flash for you. He came. So there is no more veil, and you can't blame the veil. So now you have to talk about the human will, and it's not can people be saved. It's that's not the question. It's will they receive the grace of God? Will they receive the finished work of Christ? Amen. And then Paul finally said, because he got so tired of the Jews versus everybody else uh, argument, he said, in Christ there is no male nor female. No uh, um, difference between Jews and Gentiles. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Woo! That'll preach at the next convention I won't get invited to. Now I wanted you to see... <laughs> I wanted you to see... Um, that, uh, again, and I always emphasize this when I'm teaching these scriptures, be strong in the Lord. And again, that's a, that's a subtle one that can get, just slip by you. You're not to be strong in yourself. You're not showing the Lord how strong you can be. Uh, you know, we like to talk about, well, that sister's tough as an old bird or this person's tough or, or whatever. Uh, though they're, they're, they're like a bulldog, you know, they're just bow up at you. Well, the thing is, that could be good. That could be helpful in life. Amen. To be strong willed. And sometimes you're too strong willed and you get your hand slapped. But, um, you know, you, it's, it's good to, to be aggressive where you need to be. But this is not talking about that. This is not talking about who's tenacious. This is not talking about who's strong or outspoken, or extroverted, or whatever. This is talking about being strong in the Lord. So you could be a tiny little four-foot, you know, eight person. (laughs) I didn't say anything. You got to be careful, you know, get, get in trouble. Uh, but you could be the, 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 the tiniest person in the church, so to speak, and, and be meek and a little introverted. But in the Lord and in spiritually, you can be a mighty giant. You can be a strong force for faith. And you can get in that prayer war room, so to speak. I remember they did that movie and they had a lady in the, they called it the war room. I think that's the name of the movie, the war room. There's parts of it I like, other parts not so much. But anyway, uh, the idea is, is good. You know, make yourself a little war room somewhere in your house where you, if, if, if it's just a corner with a bulletin board and it's got, or a write on board and you write on there names of people you're praying for and scriptures that you're standing on or whatever, or a, a just a, a notebook like this, you know, and write down some things and just get in a corner. Your, your prayer, your, your war room could be your kitchen table with your scripture there, your Bible and a notebook and a pen. 
and you can and you can turn off your phone, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and get quiet, and then uh, go go to war in spiritual warfare, wearing all this armor, and you will quench every single fiery dart. Brother Hagen said that he pastored, you know, he pastored six different churches uh, over a period of 12 years, two years per church. Because in the old days, they moved everybody around. About the time the natives got restless, they'd move the pastor, you know, keep them from getting nailed to the cross on the front of the building. But, um, um, you know, he said that in that period of time, it was this one church, I think it was Farmersville, Texas. He said, we've developed a prayer team that was unstoppable. He said, I was just a few little ladies and him and, 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 uh, Mrs. Hagan. And he said, we finally got to where we told people, now, if you don't want this, don't turn this in because we'll get it for you. <laughs> um, and, uh, he said, well, was, was everybody healed instantly that they prayed for? No, they weren't. But they said if they weren't, we would oftentimes discover why. And so that we would know. Amen. And sometimes, uh, you know, like Brother Hagin said, if a person's not healed, there's a reason why. And, um, but it, it's, it's never that it's not God's will. He doesn't want to do it. That's never that. That's, you can't find scripture for that. But, um, like I said, something happens and everybody turns into instant theologian. You know, they all have all the answers. And, uh, I just, as you know, what, what I went through, I mean, I, in my life, I've had, uh, several family members and close friends that, that went on to, in my opinion, early, <laughs> in my opinion, early, and, and, as you all know. But the thing is, uh, I figured if the Lord didn't show me why, it's none of my business. Because everybody has a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. And sometimes they have a desire or they have um, a a reason or whatever that they want to just go on. And, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world, folks. Amen. Our view of death uh, has got to always be filtered through the victory of heaven. Amen. So now we see, like our brother Frank that's passed, we see him now in our future. He's now in our future. Amen. He's, he's, he's been, uh, especially like for Ruby, uh, he's been in her past and, uh, and then was very much in the present. And now he's in your future. Praise God. And so, uh, the next time we see brother Frank, you know, he'll be in the prime of life. He'll have all full use of his legs and, and he'll, he's, he, he loved to dance and I believe he's dancing today on the streets of gold. Amen. With full use of all of his, his, his faculties. And so, you know, we have to get an eternal view of these things. Otherwise you're just, you can't get over it. Well, there's a time for grief. There's a time for, uh, you know, introspective and all that. There's a time to be sad about the loss. But there's also a time to look up and, and rejoice. We, it's sort of a dichotomy, but we do both of it at the same time. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And I know that I've prayed, uh, you know, family members that's gone on. I've said, Lord, you know, I'm going to be grateful. One thing I'm going to do is be grateful for the time that I had with this amazing person that really touched my life and was a blessing. Amen. And if you can get over, uh, if you can get over into gratitude, you can't rush these things. They have to be, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, if you can get over into gratitude about maybe something that uh, was was uh, that you had a blessing for that period of time, Amen. And uh, that's that beats nothing, doesn't it? Huh? All right. Praise God. You got your Bibles there. We'll look at Romans eight. Well, promise you won't. I won't keep you here all day. Just like half of it. I always thought it was funny that we we rush to get to church on time, and then we get there and we wonder how long is this going to take. 
<laughs> I have a magnet. It's probably really bad for a pastor to have this magnet. But I have a magnet on my on our refrigerator that says uh, it's got a 50s, 1950s looking uh, sort of art piece of husband and wife and two kids. They're all dressed up for church and they're outside this gothic church door and they're smiling and the caption says, thank God that's over with, you know. But <laughs> there are some places, there are some places where I think people might feel that. <laughs> Is he ever going to shut up? <laughs> you know? Like the joke again about the little boy, you know, asking the past, pastor says in conclusion, and then he preaches another 10 minutes. And then in conclusion, he preaches another seven minutes. And in conclusion, and he keeps adding. So the little boy looks at his grandfather. He says, Grandpa, what does in conclusion mean? <laughs> he said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, we're going to do this in conclusion here. Romans, Romans 8 and um, 35. Again, standing on the finished work of Christ. That's your foundation. And you need to do it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's so easy to just do this. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. You go through the gospel. Thank you that you died, that, that you came. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you ascended. Thank you that you you were seated. That means thro- enthroned. Uh, it's a, it means a um, seat of authority. Thank you that you were seated in the seat of authority, enthroned, uh, at the right hand of God, and you pulled me up and, and sat me right there with you. I'm in that same seat. Praise God. Not next to Christ, in Christ. Praise God. And that's where I'm seated today. And the things I'm facing or, or whatever, maybe it's a legal challenge or whatever, but thank God the things that I'm facing and I'm dealing with, you give me the grace to do it. You give me the strength. You give me the victory. Amen. I'm already a, more than a conqueror. Remember my book, uh, yeah, book ad right here. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The book ad of, uh, of, of Deep Settled Peace, you know, I, I give the example of Pat Harrison, who, you know, she had like five, six, seven, I forget, five companies, I think she said. And everybody's trying to sue her and take everything away. And she's got like, she's in this conference room in a bank or something in Tulsa. So there's lawyers, bankers, CPAs, interested parties, investors, all kind of people in there. And they're all mad at each other and they're all screaming at each other and pounding on the table and sweating. And, you know, just it's a wrestling match in there. And they looked over at her, and she's filing her nails, kind of whistling, you know, whatever. And they said, Mrs. Harrison, you're not taking this serious. She goes, yeah, I'm taking it serious. She said, y'all just do, I don't care, I don't care, just do it. Just whatever you can fix, do, just do it, I don't care. And they said, well, you're not taking this seriously enough. She said, I'm taking it seriously. I'm just, I've already settled it, praise God. You know, best possible outcome, hallelujah. They, the world doesn't know what to do with that. They, it, it makes them more nervous than they already are, are anyway. They don't, lo- they don't know what to do with a person walking in peace, walking in victory and going, okay, well, this is going to happen. Okay, <laughs> fine. Do your thing. Are you just going to do it or say it? Well, I mean, what is it? But, and, and the world wants us to get with them. That's why, you know, during COVID, you know, and stuff, if, if, if you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off with, I saw, we saw, we saw people get on planes in those days and they literally brought like sanitizer and they're wiping down the chairs and everything. I'm thinking, oh, please, if you're that freaked out, stay home. But I mean, I mean, they were absolutely, you know, sanitizing the whole place, wearing triple masks. I don't know how anybody breathes. With that on, you could like suffocate, I think. And, uh, you know, plastic gloves, it's just crazy. 
and I'm not judging anybody. You know, if this, you need to do that, fine. Praise God. I had a lady stand at my house one time. I came back. She had the whole house covered in tissue paper because she was afraid of germs. This is way before COVID. So, you know, you just, you just, you know, but that's how the world wants us to be. They turn on, they turn on the TV. You turn on the TV and they announce fear, panic, confusion, freak out. President Biden, during all that, was talking about people at the kitchen table talking about how are they going to buy food, you know, and, and it was, and it was like, uh, I, okay, maybe at some point, you know, they have these discussions, but dear Lord in heaven, you know, he, it, that's just what the government wants you to do and be, Freaking out, panic, please help us. We're just plebes down here. You know. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thinking, come on, you know, uh, okay, that if the world's going to act like that, but the Christians should never act like that. God is my source. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Amen. God will supply. Don't worry. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Don't everybody shout at once. Who? Well, we're going to read this. In conclusion, it's a dangerous trap. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, or CNN, or Fox. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are uh, accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But I love this next word right here, verse 37. Nay! (laughs) You know, people love to quote, the doomsday preachers that are selling cans for the Holocaust coming uh, at you, apocalypse, I should say, uh, they, uh, um, they love scriptures like that. But, but verse 17 says, nay. Not, well, you know, we're killed, we're at the sheep at the slaughter. You know. Nay. Brother, in all these things, nay, you need to learn nay, nunca, nein. If you have German roots, you could really sound German there. Nein. Okay. In all these things, all of those, what? Tribulation. Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, being on the slaughter ramp. I don't know. <laughs> the shoot for the slaughter. Uh, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So in tribulation, we're more than conquerors. In distress, we're more than conquerors. In persecution, we're more than conquerors. In famine, in nakedness, peril or sword, sword meaning war. In war, we are more than conquerors. Woo! Makes you just want to shout. Thank God, Paul's trying to get him to see. He says, you're already counted as dead anyway. It's really all he's saying. You're already, you're already, you're already on the death row when it comes to the world. So nay. Nay, nine, nunca, never. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Not in our own, remember, we're going to be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things Present, nor things to come. These groups that used to, back in the 70s, there was a trend in Christian land of renting the hotel rooms highest, 
floor and going up there and sticking your arms out the window and, you know, taking authority over the powers. One of the big cities that they did that was San Francisco, and it's just gotten worse ever since. So that didn't work, just saying. Um, but it says here that none of those things, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. People say, well, if the Christians don't stand up and defend themselves, we're going to get run over. No, we're not, because we're standing up in the, in the Lord. We're standing up in prayer. We're standing up in the privacy uh, of our prayer closet, in our homes, in our cars, in the church building. We are, we are already more than conquerors. We don't have to become a political action committee to win the war. Praise God. In fact, it's already been won by Jesus and we're in Him and we stand up in Him and we say, well, you better get out there and, you know, march with a banner. Well, if you got, if you got nothing better to do than that, knock yourself out. But it's hot and all you're going to get is a bottle of water. You might get arrested if things go bad. So I'm just saying, why go through all that pain and suffering when you could just go with these scriptures in your private prayer chamber and say, I take authority at our city, praise God, is full of Christians, is full of the salt of the earth, and we're going to worship God here, and we're going to have victory in Jesus' name. They'd have been better in San Francisco, those churches. That did, they'd have been better to have a victory campaign than to waste all their time. They rented helicopters, and it was so crazy. And it's and, and, and people like that because it's something that, you know we're doing so we're, we're you know we're doing something, but it's, it it can be in the flesh. Of the, the the intention can be good and the idea, but it can get in the flesh so fast that if you're not sweating and you know almost passing out from effort that you're not doing anything. But that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to be sidetracked from our mission, which is preach the gospel to every creature and telling people God loves them. The same money spent, can I just be honest? The same money, well, you should always be honest. Can I just be bold and say the same money spent in renting a helicopter to fly around and pray in tongues with your arms stuck out the window? I've seen that kind of thing. The same amount of effort and money and, 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 and whatever to do that, uh, could be, if you spent that same money on an evangelistic campaign, you'd actually have results. You get, you get the, you get the demon possessed saved and delivered, and you've got something. All right, that ain't going over, but that's the truth. Because it's not weird enough for us. That's the reason. We'd rather have weird. (laughs) And weird makes us feel better about it all. But um, I just have never seen a lot of results from that stuff. And, uh, you know, another group was really into prayer walking neighborhoods and things. And I'm not saying that that might not be a first step, you know, towards, you know, putting out something. But if you don't follow it up with evangelism somehow and giving people the gospel, I'm not sure you're doing a lot of good. Amen. But you can sure get people signed up on Saturday morning, you know, most places, you know, for something like that. And if you've noticed, if you start, if you have a good sized church, say a thousand or more, you might have 65 people show up for that. By the third Saturday, it's down to 12 people. And by the sixth Saturday, it's the pastor and the associate. And so I'm just saying that a lot of that stuff, if you're not careful, we're like, got our, do you ever have a teacher walk out and give you a busy work paper crayon because she's got to go talk to the assistant principal about the leaking water fountain or something. So here, work on this paper. So it's busy work. It's called busy work to keep everybody going. The body of Christ is full of busy work. And you wear out everybody, and then you think, what was that for? Amen? Well, praise God, we're going to do it the Bible way. 
preach the gospel, and let everything else just work itself out. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Brother David, we need to be politically active. Fine, but it's not from the pulpit. This is not a political podium. Do you see any presidential seal or anything on here? No, this is not a political, uh, what do they call it, the stump uh, soapbox or whatever. (laughs) Stumping, they used to call because a guy would stand on a stump and give his speech. But this is not a political podium. It's a it's a desk that we stand at and proclaim the good news of Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So how many can apply what I preach today somewhere in your life, your confession, your prayer? Amen. Praise God. Well, Pastor Scarlett, come up here with me, and uh, we'll pray together today. You want to grab a mic? Oh, you got one. You're always one step ahead of me. <laughs> Uh, it really helps. Oh, uh, what was I? Uh, so, uh, if you're watching by internet, thank you for hanging in there today. <laughs> that you didn't hit the mute button. And um, we're going to pray for you. If you're here in the auditorium, you have a prayer need. Amen. You agree with us here. Amen. Put your hand where you're suffering, wherever you have a need, wherever you need a special touch of the Lord. Amen. And we're going to pray. And uh, today, just do something different. Pastor Scarlett, why don't you pray the prayer for healing and those watching on the Internet? Well, we, fa- we see the needs, Father. You see them, and we thank you, Lord, now that your spirit is moving in, in physical bodies and affecting a healing and a cure right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for bodies being healed and whatever the problem is, being corrected by the Spirit of God. We thank you for miracles, Lord, in the name of Jesus yes. right, now, right now. Thank you for moving in the lives of the people. Thank you, Lord. Yes, and Father, Hallelujah. we thank you that those who have financial or material needs, that you show yourself strong this week. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and we thank you for... Rebates, refunds, upgrades, uh, um, all kinds of kickbacks and things that uh, we don't even know about. Uh, Refunds (laughs) in Jesus' name and and, um, inheritances and and, uh, things that uh, we may not even know about that you've already been working on. We thank you, Lord, for causing things to change that need to be changed in Jesus' name. And Lord, those that need comforting today, uh, maybe, maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost someone, uh, or some, uh, lost your, uh, some part of your life in some way. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit being a comforter and a guide and a help. Thank you. And, and, uh, a healer of everywhere. Father, I thank you that Jesus heals us everywhere we hurt. Everywhere we hurt, he touches and heals us. That means mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, every way. Relational, whatever. In the name of Jesus. Now let's lift our hands at home and here and thank God for answering these prayers and the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing that song again. Maybe if a couple of the ladies want to help us. and Let's sing that song starting at the chorus, All My Life. You've been faithful. Amen. Amen. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will think of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have walked me through the fire. 
like no other. Know you as a father. I know you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath is running after, he's running after me, your goodness is running after, he's running after me, with my life laid down, I'm surrendering now, I give you everything. Wednesday night. Praise the Lord.